0: All right, folks, welcome to episode six of the Hockey News on the A podcast. And for this week, we're joined by a very special guest, one of the biggest names in the HL right now, uh, 2022 fourth overall pick by the Seattle Kraken, 18-year-old Shane Wright. Shane, how are we doing?
1: Doing great. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing pretty well. Probably, I mean, you're in the best setup. You're in Coachella Valley wearing flip-flops. You're probably on the beach when you're off time. What's that been like?
1: Oh, it's been awesome. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool living here. Uh, you know, being this uh, you know this area has never never been here before personally. So uh, it's been great so far. There's uh, you know a couple of golf courses here as well, which uh, which I like. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and um, yeah, it's been it's been great being here.
0: Are you a big golfer? I am. Yeah, I like to golf. Yeah. Who's who's who have you been golfing with on the team so far?
1: Uh, a couple of guys went with uh, Henman, Carti. Karts, Tonarski, um, Hughesy, uh, McKinnon as well. Uh, a couple of boys.
0: Nice, nice.
2: Uh, Shane, uh, the other day you had a team event. You went to the the target uh, for for kind of a holiday event. Kind of, what was that like? You know, just getting a little bit of a sense of normalcy off the ice, start starting to bond with your teammates here.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. Obviously, uh, you'll be able to. Um, you know, shop for families who are, who are you know, obviously underprivileged and um, be able to you know, buy them toys, buy them uh, you know, different things, clothes and stuff to um, you know, help make their Christmas a lot better is, is always a great feeling. It's always nice to be able to give back, give to those who, who don't have as much as we do. So um, you know, it's, it's a great feeling, nice to be able to help out the community, nice to be able to help out uh, all those families and um, you know, definitely was a great experience for me
0: what's it been like to adjust to the AHL? You know, obviously in Seattle, you're kind of in and out of the lineup, not playing many minutes and, you know, with the conditioning stint, you can get a lot of reps in that. What's it been like to be playing, you know, closer to 20 minutes a night and a big part of a hockey team?
1: It's been great. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, anytime you're in, in the lineup, you know, you want to play as many minutes as you can. You know, you want to be a, a big part of the team, want to be a big part of, um, you, know, a, you know, a winning lineup. And um, you know, obviously it's nice being able to, will be put in those different situations um, and be able to, you know, be trusting those situations to play more and, uh, you know, kind of build my confidence up in those situations. And um, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to, you know, play more minutes and, and get the, that, you know, exposure, get all that uh, more experience. Shane,
2: how, how have you found that the pace of the AHL kind of what's uh, similar, what's different uh, from the NHL and even the OHL?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a fast league. It's a physical league. And obviously, it's older players. It's guys who have um, you know either played in the NHL before or you know working up towards the NHL. So um, it's a really talented league. I think there's some really talented players, and um, you know it's definitely. Uh, Um, obviously it's not the NHL, you know, it's, it's NHL is the best league in the world. The HL is probably the second best league in the world. So um, obviously it might be a little bit of a step down in terms of pace and speed, but I feel like um, there's still so many really good players. It's still such a fast game, um, such a physical game as well. It's, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. It's been great being able to, you know, know, play a lot of minutes, being able to play in a lot of, you know, high-end situations, important situations uh, to, to gain that experience and to, you know, learn from those myself
0: you know, the conditioning stint will end on Saturday at that point, Ron Francis had an interview that you'll be going up with them getting to the lineup and then they'll make a decision on the world juniors. Um, where's your head? What would your preference be? Do you want to represent uh, Canada? Is that where you're aiming? Or are you looking just to stick with the big club for now?
1: Uh, I mean, I think at this point it's uh, it's really up to the team. You know, it's, it's the team's decision as to, you know, what they want to do um, with me, obviously um, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy, you know, go to world juniors, obviously anytime you can represent your country and, uh you know play for your country and that sort of thing is um never something you can pass up but also um no, you want i want to play you know games in seattle too and um uh you know at the end of the day it's uh you know kind of not they're not really as much as much you know my decisions more up to the team and and you know what they want to do
0: growing up shane did you watch the world juniors and, and if so what are some of your memories if you have of watching that tournament and the players that were in it yeah, I,
1: uh, I watch World Juniors every year growing up. Uh, it was always uh, you know a turn around Christmas time that um, you know made my family would turn on watching. And, um, it's kind of funny because one of the the memories that sticks out is uh, you know Jordan Eberle's goal at the 2009 yeah. World Juniors uh, to tie against Russia. And now you know being teammates with him is a, is a pretty cool feeling and uh, be able to um, you know talk to him about that a little bit is uh, is always pretty cool. So um, yeah, World Juniors always you know something I love watching on TV as a kid for
2: sure. Shane, how are you meshing with your new line linemates? Uh, you know, this, this could be a tough league in that sense that players are coming and going.
1: Yeah, I think it's been great so far. Um, I think, you know, overall the, the group we have here is, is is pretty tight, really tight group, really good culture in the room. Everyone really gets along. So um, everyone welcomed me with open arms. It's really been easy, you know, stepping into, you know, kind of a new atmosphere with guys who um, I didn't really know as well in the past or have played with in the past and uh, be able to step in right away. And, um, you know, they welcomed me. They uh, you know took me in as one of their own and, um, it's been great it's great so far kind of bonding and joining with all these guys and um you know it feels like you know I'm part of the group now and um really uh, really enjoyed the time here so far
0: what's uh, it been like playing under Dan Balsma, Shane
1: he's awesome i love dan he's uh he's a lot of fun to be around the rink you know, every single day he's always you know cracking jokes and laughing and smiling but um he's also a super smart hockey mind obviously he's he's won Stanley Cups before he's uh he's played the game as well himself so he's He's a guy who who knows the game. He knows um, you know what to do with players, and so such a smart hockey mind. But is also a guy you know you love playing for. You you want to go out every single day and and play for him and win for him. And um, he's someone who you know I love I love playing under for sure. Hey,
2: Shane, Shane, uh, what are your areas of priority? I mean, it's only a short stint, but just kind of what are you trying to focus on every day in practice and carrying that over into games?
1: Yeah, I think for me, just kind of keep building that put confidence. Uh, just kind of keep keep building my confidence in myself and my game and, and, you know, know that I belong here that I can play there and uh, and also just kind of, you know, gain the experience as well. Um, you know, different situations, obviously, you know, to play more minutes and play and, uh, you know, power play minutes and play, um, you know, against higher end players is, is always something that um, you take a lot of experience from is always something that um, you can uh, you know, gain a lot from, I think. So it's um, definitely a lot of good experiences, definitely a lot of good, you know, situations and, uh, you know, moments during games that um, you going to remember, definitely going to take back to Seattle.
2: Um, yep. You know, Coachella Valley. It's a brand new franchise. Uh, you know, kind of the, some of the best facilities in the league. Uh, you know, NHL caliber. Uh, kind of, what is it like? Uh, you know, for everybody, kind of getting settled in. Uh, you've been on yep. a team on a 16-game road <sighs> trip here for better part of a month now.
1: Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, uh, you know, we've had a couple of days here uh, in Coachella at the Rink to uh, you know see the facilities and, and you know practice here and uh you know spend the days here so um uh, it's nice getting, uh, getting to know the facilities getting to know the rink and getting to know the city as well um obviously it's you know, the, the rink's not ready yet so but we'll be soon and um you know we can we're kind of seeing the, the construction here and um kind of building it all up and, uh, and getting ready for, for the home opener in december
0: shane obviously throughout your your hockey career you've been you know, if not the best, one of the top players on your team, you're a very highly accomplished, you know, player making the jump to the NHL. Obviously you haven't been able to get to the, the lineup right away. Um, or consistently rather. What's that, what was that process really like? And, and who were you leaning on during those times when you were battling that adversity?
1: Yeah, for sure. Obviously anytime you, you know, you step in the NHL as, as a, as a young guy, you're, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. You gotta, you know, you work, you gotta work yourself up. You gotta work your way up to, um, you know, be, be a guy that coaches trust. And, um, I think a lot of time, you know, you do that through practice, you do that through uh, your reps at practice, and then, um, you know, whatever opportunities you get, you know, you got to take advantage. you got to make sure that um, the, every time you step on the ice and you're making a difference and uh, you're showing your coaches that, that they can trust you in those situations and that uh, they can trust you and um, putting you out there on the ice. So, um, I think, you know, I've been leaning on a lot of a lot of the older guys in Seattle. Um, you know, Alex Weinberg's doing a great job, Ryan Donato, Everly. Uh,
0: you
1: know, all these guys uh, have been re- you know, really good for me, really um, – no, really, you know, it's kind of helped me out through the situation because they, they've been there before. They've kind of, um, you know, experienced what I've going through as well. So uh, it's been nice kind of, uh, you know, learn from them what their experience has
0: been. So tell me how you brought up Jordan Eberly's goal to him. <laughs> were you, were, did you tell him, like, I, I watch you wearing PJs and I freaked out? Or, or how did that conversation go down? Did you, did, you to, did you get him to sign something for you? No, um, I
1: don't know. It just kind of, you're talking about you know world juniors a little bit and, um he asked like if i watched as a kid i'm like yeah i love watching it. like yeah that that 2009 one was uh, was a pretty good one as well he's like yeah and that's kind of kind of how
0: how it, how it came about yeah not a big deal <laughs> um so obviously the nhl chl player agreement you know kind of put to this middle ground where you can only be in coachella valley for like a 14-day stint is either the nhl or the chl kind of for you I know that it's a day by day process. I know that it's up to the team a lot, but this sort of uncertainty, right? Different from trying to get in the lineup when you're in Seattle, but the uncertainty of where you're gonna play throughout the year, what's that been like for you to handle?
1: Yeah, obviously it's a, it can be a little tough at times. I think I think for me, I'm kind of just just focused on what's here and what's now. I'm not really focused on you know where I'm gonna be uh, in a month or two weeks or whatever. I'm just kind of focused on um, you know day by day, just taking one step at a time, just worrying about. Um you know, learn, come to the rink every day and, and learning and growing and, um, you know, gain that experience, gain that confidence. So, um, yeah, obviously I'd like to know, you know where we're playing for sure. But I think that, um, you know, what matters more so is, you know, what's happening right now and kind of focus on, uh, you know, just being a good teammate right now and just kind of, you know, keep learning and keep growing here.
2: Shane, on a, uh, on a personal level, you know, when the season's over, you know, whenever that is, uh, whether it's April, June, whatever, uh, what will you consider this to be a successful season?
1: If, Sorry, do you mind repeating that? Can
2: hear? It. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of the season, what will you consider to be a success uh, for? for you know, what you'll get out of this?
1: Thing? I think for me, that can be. You know, uh, it could be considered as a lot of things. I think for me, anyways, a uh, success is playing an NHL game. I you know I, I, I accomplished that dream. You know, I played an NHL game, and I think you know, the next step for me is, um, you know, be be able to you know, be a difference maker at that level. Be able to um you know be a top player be able to um you know play at that level as, on a consistent basis and um i think right now for me is just kind of just keep learning just keep growing as a player keep keep gaining that confidence keep getting that experience um and, and understand you know what it's like to be a pro what it's like to um you know be a top player at that level um, i think that um you know obviously say it's tough you know sometimes when you're not playing but i think that um you know there's also a lot of different ways you, you can you know kind of improve your game help kind of help yourself out without you know playing games and Um, just kind of taking all those experiences and uh, making sure that um, I'm always kind of working to get better. Always. you know not staying complacent. Just kind of keep working on my game in any way I can.
0: All right. Well, Shane, thank you so much. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the golf. Uh, Good luck in Seattle. And Hey, if you do make it the world juniors, hopefully you score a goal like Jordan Eberle, and then you'll have uh, a future teammate in 10 years asking you about it. Thanks so much, Shane. Thank you guys.
2: Thanks. Thanks.
0: Great to have Shane right on the podcast. I mean, I think he's definitely, the. I said it before we started, but the most uh, notable name, uh, maybe not all for the right reasons in the HL, with his predicament, you know, having only been able to be in the HL for about 14 days with a conditioning stint. We were talking about this before we went, you know, live about if we could see right in the HL again, because we wonder if that whole, we don't know for sure, but if he scratched for another five games later in the year, if he can end up coming back down. So. It'll be something that's interesting to watch because while it's not ideal to scratch him for five games, if it co- does come to that, there still could be that option.
2: I think the, the thing that stands out for me right off the bat with him is his poise. Only 18 years old. Um, going through, uh, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation uh, for, for a young player. Um, whatever level you're at and now you're, now you're in Seattle one week. You're in Coachella the next week. Uh, maybe in World Junior, uh, you know, a couple of weeks from now. So there's um, there's a lot coming at you really fast. Um, it just even just the logistics of uh, getting to know teammates and learning how to play with different line mates. Uh, you know, and I guess it depends how you look at it. You Can view it as an opportunity, uh, a chance to. Um, experience some uh, different brands of hockey, different uh, experiences. So, um, but, uh, but it is a lot. And I just, uh, he seems very level-headed, um, you know, and yeah, that's sort of my takeaway from, from that.
0: No, I'd agree with you. And also it's interesting to note he's never played for Canada in the world junior. Mm-hmm. So obviously his mind is you know going to be set on playing for Seattle, but um, that would be kind of cool. I would think for him. Speaking of another uh, high-drafted first-round pick, and that is Quinton Byfield, who has also just recently joined the uh, AHL. He's actually our Prospect of the Week. Second overall pick of the 2020 draft. And since being reassigned to the AHL on November 6th, Byfield has recorded seven points in eight games with the Ontario Reign. Six of those points have come in the last four games. You know He's been playing center with uh, Alex Turcotte and Tyler Madden on his wings over the last little bit. Byfield's played in about 54 games spread across the last three years, but the Kings, they want him to use his six foot five frame to create offense and be a power player. Pat, I'm sure I'd love to know what you think about, he probably needs more than 32 games of runway to do that in the HL.
2: Yeah. And I have to say, you know, you start going down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, pundits and comments and, you know, people saying that, uh, You know why is he not an NHL regular already? Why you know he's a second overall pick? what is going on? And then you remind yourself he's 20 years old, and he just turned 20 this summer. Um, He he simply wasn't getting enough ice time every night in LA. Uh, Somewhere in the range of 11 to 12 minutes. um, He needs he needs to be on the ice, and that's what he's getting in in Ontario. Certainly if you're, you're with, with the Ontario Reign, you're, you're, you're able to play with high level teammates uh, against high level competition. And um, you're able to be asked to do more. And you're also able, frankly, to get some confidence. And, um, you know, we, we can talk about all the details of the game and, 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 you know, you need to do this you need to do that and play away from the puck this way or that way. But, um, I do think it's it's useful for players to get some positive reinforcement and get rewarded with a little bit of, uh, you, know, you know, way in the, in the way of goals and, and points and uh, kind of I've always found with young players it helps that buy-in to, to really take hold that much better. Um, so I don't think there's any problem whatsoever with him being on Ontario. Um, these assignments are not permanent. This is not like when you send a player back, to the CHL and it's uh, pretty much, that's it for the season, you know, barring an emergency recall. Um, they, they can put the call in today and he could be with the LA Kings, uh, you know, in an hour. Um, they even practice in the same practice facility um, as the big team. So there's no downside, I don't think. And um, it gives him a chance to, to get a lot of games, get a lot of reps and uh, really see what he can do and, and put him into Situations that he's not going to necessarily get into playing in in the NHL, you know, protectedly with two minutes left, um, play special teams, all that, all that sort of thing that you really want to put him in that crucible where it tests him. Um, And that's what, you know, it's one of the biggest reasons the AHL um, exists is uh, for players um, to have that opportunity, to have that option.
0: And for Byfield, what I've seen over his you know, eight game stint is he's really driving play forward. What I mean by that Mm -hmm. is I found in LA, he was a bit more of a perimeter guy. He was kind of straying away and and there was flashes where you would see him use his body and his speed to kind of power through and go down the the center of the area to get into the slot. But there were moments where he was kind of hesitant. Mm -hmm. And I think for Ontario, sorry, for Byfield playing with Ontario, he's going to be getting a lot of consistency. And, And what I mean by that is, He's gonna be getting top minutes. He's gonna be playing with guy like Alex Turcott, who, you know, himself is trying to work his way back up, but a very reliable defensive player there. Byfield, who's, you know, down the middle consistently, can work on, on the little things, such as D-zone, you know, details, defense on the breakout, pushing the puck through transition. I think for Byfield, that's one of the biggest things. Because when he was drafted, the the aura of Quinton Byfield was about this guy that could skate like the wind, and he was built like a, a truck as well, mm-hmm. right? He had that ba- that that balance of of speed of skill, and to really unlock that, you can't be caught in the NHL AHL elevator because you can't really gain momentum. Like I, I want, I want to know what you would think about sort of how a player like him that well, let's let's face it, he's a raw talent, mm-hmm. not necessarily refined. How he could be hindered by going up and down and up and down and not really having you know a, a long amount of runway.
2: Well, it's, it's consistency. I mean, if you're asking players to be consistent and that's frankly the biggest challenge for players at the HL levels to build that consistency, well then you have to give them a, an environment to be consistent. Right. And it's hard to be consistent when you're in two different leagues, one night to the next, usually in two different roles. Um, you're going, you know, from a top line or top six role to a bottom six role, um, you're being asked to maybe go from 20 minutes a night down to eight minutes a night um, playing with different line mates. I mean, that's just yanking players back and forth like that. I I don't think that generally works. Um, And you know, if you, you you look at the most productive farm systems across the entire hockey landscape, the one thing they have in common is that they're patient, Uh, they're patient. And then they're a little bit more patient beyond that. Right. And like you see what's going on with, with Detroit, with Grand Rapids, Steve Iserman in there. Said that, that formula is already well in place. That um, they're willing to let players marinate a little bit longer in the AHL and not bring them up the minute they show a little bit of uh, you know spark. Um, and I think if you can avoid that temptation to to do that, and rush players back and forth, uh, because you have to understand, like I mean, players are human too, right? Like. For
0: sure. But Pat, what I would say is, sorry to interrupt you, but with Ontario, I think generally they have been doing that. But the thing is with Byfield, they haven't. How much of it do you think has to do with the fact that he's a a top three guy? Like that must sort of hinder teams or or maybe rush teams to make a decision, no?
2: It can. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case there. I think, you know, when when a player is a, a second overall pick, I mean, there is a lot more of a, an assumption that he's more ready than um, sure than than others, but to, you know what? You know, sec- someone is taking second overall. It's not necessarily because how ready they are right now. It's it, you're trying to project five, ten years out what they are, and the, and the higher pick you are, the higher your ceiling should be. And I think his ceiling is very high, but some players just take a little bit longer to get there. And you know, the other players they reach their ceiling faster, but it's a, it's a shorter, it's a shorter ceiling. So um, it really depends. And I, I do think that there slowly, but surely there's a, an increasing understanding that that players paths and their runway and they kind of whatever word you want to use really do vary and that you can't apply a one size fits all mentality uh, to player development anymore.
0: Another player from that 2020 draft that's recently been assigned to the HL is Marco Rossi. He went ninth overall, uh, in the 2020 draft, for the Minnesota wild reassigned to the HL on Monday. And he scored three points in his debut with Iowa uh, on Tuesday evening. And that was Rossi's first game since November 17th. When he played with the wild and he played about nine minutes. He's averaging, he was averaging about 12 minutes a night in Minnesota. And I think that with Rossi, he had a great year last year in Iowa was was even better by the fact that he missed his entire draft year plus one with COVID. Um, Exceptional draft plus two year last year with Iowa. And now this year, it was kind of expected he made that jump. He fell out of favor in Minnesota. Nick Patan, career legendary quad A player has kind of leapfrogged him. Now Rossi's back in the HL. Um, As I said, great first pro season. But I think that people are maybe forgetting that as great as his year was last year, he wasn't, quote unquote, too good to be in the AHL. He was a great player. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily file dominant. So I wouldn't say I'm totally shocked by him being back in the AHL. But, but what about you, Pat? What do you think? What was your reaction to seeing him come back down on the farm?
2: Well, I like that response that he had, right? Like, you know, you can be disappointed. You can be, you can disagree with the decision. You can, um, whatever the case may be how do you handle it? Well, he came out in the first period against a pretty solid San Jose team comes out and puts up three points, right? Like yep. that's his response. It's not yep. to go down there and go through the motions. It's not to, uh, pout. It's none of that. Right. And like, I, I know from speaking with him, uh, different points, very driven, very mature, um, mm-hmm. very kind of, uh, um, yeah, almost, I think he can be hard on himself at times. And, um, you know, that's sometimes what makes players great, but um, that's the response you, you exactly wanted to see, uh, not go there and, and kind of just blend in that sometimes you see players or they need five or 10 games to kind of get their head back on straight and, you know, waste that time. Like he jumped into it right off the bat. And, um, you know, I think you know, that's his response. That's the best response you can get. That's, that's the response that NHL general managers understand, uh, coaches understand. And, you know, it's an interesting thing to look at like Bill Gehring, right? You know, GM of the Minnesota Wild. He was in that position at one point too, a real top prospect with the New Jersey Devils. Thinking back uh, to his uh, time there, he had to go to the American Hockey League uh, as a young player. Um, well, it worked out well for him. <laughs> he went on and uh, had a pretty nice career for himself. Um, so the, the world is not ending just because you're 21 years old and you're in the American Hockey League. Um, you know, uh, Like we said with Byfield, a call-up can come today and it only takes one injury or one slump or, or whatever at the top, you know, with, you know, with the NHL roster, and you're back up there. So come down, use this time wisely, productively, uh, get the ice time you need, uh, tie up the loose ends in your game, and you'll be that much better off when you do go back to Minnesota. He he will be back in Minnesota. Um, it's just a
0: matter. Will of it be this year.
2: I think so. Yeah, I you know I think just law of averages. There's going to be an injury. Somebody's going to fall out of favor. In the lineup there, uh, or he's going to make it just about impossible for them to keep keep him down there, right? If you come down there and you put up numbers and you know all the feedback, um, you know from head coach Tim Army uh, is fantastic, Uh, and and I I love I love the setup that Minnesota has now in Iowa with a coach like Tim Army, 35 years in the business, um, super positive guy, like you, you you know infectious enthusiasm. Um, So you're going down there. It's not like you're coming into a kind of a a blah, you know, unpleasant environment. Like you're coming in and like you're being welcomed with open arms. Um, You know, you can't help but um, kind of really settle in quickly. And I think that's just a great environment for him to be in. And he'll be that much better um, when he does uh, come up. And I think uh, he will be uh, before long.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure a big relief for him to score, you know, goal get that three points. He went 16 games and got just one point. And obviously for a skill play like that, that's definitely not easy to go through. Um, Let's move on to our team of the week. And that is the prospects of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Better yet, the Bakersfield Condors, where they're playing with, you know, a lot of interesting things have happened with Edmonton system recently. Um, I wouldn't say that Philip Roberg is a graduate, but he's right now with the big club, Uh, Dylan Holloway, who was there last year. He's part of the big club and, you know, for a team where you have Dreisettle and McDavid, uh, and Darnell nurse making big bucks. You need to be having ELC contributions. And I'll, let's go over a couple of the guys that are, um, kind of knocking on the door and sort of in the minor league system. Uh, NHL property. Let's first start with Broberg. So as I said, he is with the team now, but he, he's someone that played a, the entire year last year, started out this year. recalled called in December on November 22nd, um, 21 year old left-hand defenseman. Eighth overall pick in 2019, Uh, You know, according to Instat data, he averaged over 25 minutes a night over his first seven games this year, playing all situations and a real true number one at this level. He's an interesting person because I think that, you know, the 2019 draft kind of where he went and maybe ahead of a certain bigger names that have made it faster sort of made him redundant in the conversation of next best defenseman. But Philip Roberg is a great athlete and someone that I think has a lot of top four upside what have you seen from him at the HL level from maybe the start of when he first came into some of the games this year that, you know, is encouraging in your mind?
2: Well, I think the, the thing I noticed when I watched Bakersfield, it just seems like he's on the ice all the time. right? Like you know, <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, right? Like, right. Um, you know, there's no replacement for that. Uh, you know, getting 25 minutes a night. I mean, that's heavy, heavy minutes, especially in the league, right? Uh, the schedule's really demanding, really punishing your, your, being asked to do a lot. Um, and you know, you're not, you know, it's not the NHL where you're, you're chartering from one city to the next. It's a lot of bus rides. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of a grind and, and you're really putting your players uh, through the paces with that. Uh, so that's the first thing, uh, I've noticed with him. It's just like, you know, it's like, Oh, there's Robert again, <laughs> you know, like, right, <laughs> like, so I love that for a young player, um, to be able to just be the man, right? Like be asked to do everything. And, um, I think any anyone who's ever done anything, right? Like whether you've you've played hockey, even at you know a you know minor hockey level, or anything like where you're asked to be the person or one of the key people, it can't help but boost your confidence. And um, I really, I mean, I think this is an overall theme with Edmonton in in recent, maybe the last four to five seasons. And I really kind of look at the Jay Woodcroft era in Bakersfield, and now he's obviously in Edmonton, but. He really turned that whole program around. Uh, Edmonton, for you know, good ten years, struggled uh, to produce any sort of impact players. I mean, I'm old enough to remember at one point Edmonton used five affiliates in one season. Um, yeah, that's that's how far their development program has come. And you look at what Woodcroft did there, and um, they, they they're very careful there. They they have good veterans. Uh, you know, they had Adam Cracknell last year, Brad Malone um and create a really 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 good positive nurturing environment for young players and, um so for a player like robert now to see him up with edmonton um i think he's that much better off and um it's it's again i mean this is a theme over and over right like it's not a it's not a demotion it's it's a chance to work on your game um it's not a punishment uh, this isn't like you're being exiled you know like this is this is part of the development. And when you look at how many players that have come through there, I mean, Zedano Chara played in the HL, right? Like, if he could learn something playing in the HL back as a young player, uh, certainly any young defenseman, uh, I think, would be very wise to uh, look at that and s- see what you can work on. There's always something in your game that you can um, get better at or, or, or refine or at least try to not make as much of a liability. And that's what the HL is there for.
0: Xavier Borgo, uh, 22nd overall pick in 2021. He's got about eight points in 17 games this year. Great puck skills. You know, talented player when he was drafted. Still a talented player now, but obviously someone that his puck skills popped whenever you watched him. I'd be interested to know what you think about him and his development because he's another guy where first round pick. There's kind of that you know, clout that comes with it. I- I'll be honest. I, w- I don't know how wowed I am from him so far, but it is early. Uh, what, what, what can you tell me about the Bakersfield center?
2: Um, obviously now this is an adjustment for, for, you see this a lot of times with young forwards, especially, right? Like that last year or two of junior, they just put up monster numbers and, um, he was certainly one of those players. Um, he was the man, um, in Schoenigan last year. Um, now you come in and you're, you're 20 years old. You're, he's, got to get stronger, which I mean, that is the case with most players. And I think um, that's really the one thing now that separates players, I think, from the NHL to the AHL, not even skating as much. I think skating as players have come so far in their development with that, uh, that they arrive so much better uh, in, in the AHL with their skating, but strength takes time, right? Like, and uh, I'd like to see them get stronger. Um, this is an opportunity um, to do that. I like what I've seen so far, um, but it's early, right? Um, he's a first round pick. There's obviously still there's, there's obviously potential, but I do think his, his, his pathway is going to be a little bit longer um, than maybe some other players. But again, that's okay. Um, I think Edmonton really has turned their program around. And one of the things that they've done has been a willingness to be more patient. Leon will played at Bakersfield. So that's kind of a, uh, all you have to say, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, uh, to any young forward, um that's, you know, there are things that you can work on. And it, it turned out, you know, it turned out pretty well for dry settle.
0: Goaltender Olivier Rodrique, 22 years old, 2018 second round pick. He's rocking a 924 state percentage, eight games into the season. Someone that's really come onto the scene here and progressed last year in the AHL and ECHL, um, sort of popping in this 22-year-old season where you're seeing that save percentage go up quite quite a big deal he has a great partner in calvin pickard probably mm-hmm. the best you could ever ask for i remember um covering the toronto marley's and seeing him and garrett sparks hand in hand pickard's the biggest cheerleader you'll ever have years and years of experience for Rodrigue to lean on but you know definitely interesting to see how Rodrigue has fair compared to pickard um while they've split games eight and eight apiece, piece is definitely the man there and he looks like he's someone that could be in the conversation to get a promotion soon Kind of like what we saw with Stuart Skinner um, mm-hmm. in his last couple of years where you're like, okay, this might be a guy. Goalies are voodoo, and it's hard to predict that. But what have you seen from Roderick this year?
2: Um, funny you
0: mentioned Skinner
2: because Skinner kind of had that same path where you know he had to do some time in the ECHL, and that was okay. And uh, yeah. you know, goalies are um, – I always – I don't know, you know, I hear that phrase a lot, goalies are voodoo. Um, but then when you you speak to goalie coaches, uh, it's less voodoo, right? It's just they're voodoo to those, you know, kind of the rest of us who you know are not in that goalie yeah. world. But um but the but the point is well taken and um you know, a young goalie, uh the ECHL is perfect for that, I think, because that is a lead that will test any goalie. Um, you know, it will test even guys that are AHL caliber at that point, because it's such a scramble the league. I mean, um, I think that's the biggest difference. Every level you go down, it becomes that much more chaotic, that much right. more unpredictable. And, and for a goalie, that's great, right? Like predict, unpredictability really does test them. And, um, you know, your your defense course changing a lot. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are thrown at a young goalie in the ECHL that they need that extra time there before they even. Before you can kind of even start to talk about the AHL uh, as a place to be now. And I think he's that much better off now. Um, having gone through that experience, um, you know, and it's just in general, I think the players, the, the 20, 21 year old 22, even now that pandemic season really was kind of a fly in the ointment of, um, development, uh, players were kind of scattered everywhere. The HL wasn't what it normally is. Um, Players went to Europe. uh, They didn't get to play much uh, in some cases. So uh, I think for, for we have to sort of suspend some of our conventional thinking with um, young prospects who got caught in that, uh, that pandemic season, that, you know, it's going to be a little bit uh, more unpredictable than it would be otherwise. Uh, So, but I like his path so far. Uh, He's with a solid team. Uh, He's in a great division, right? Like, I mean, look at some of the opponents you face every night. Um, So, um, you know, goalies, goalies are tough to predict. I mean, notoriously so, and their, their pathway is a lot longer in most cases. Uh, But for where, where he's been and uh, where he hopes to go, I think he's in, he's, he's on track right now. And I just, I want to see him have a dominant season at the AHL level this year. Uh, and probably even next year, and then at that point, I think Denny's in the conversation in Edmonton.
0: Would agree with that. Um, before we close off, Pat, rapid fire. Can you tell us a bit about Carter Savoie and Michael kesslerring just before we sign off?
2: Yeah, Kesselring, uh six over, or six round pick, I should say. Uh, really has come on late, especially this year. Um, you know, obviously the points in his game stand out, but um, yeah, it's, it's all the stuff away, the uh, defensive zone coverages and, um, that aspect of the game, I think has come along the best. Uh, and Savoy, I mean, he played a you know, big season, uh, in, um, in college last year, but, uh, again, he's a player that's, uh, if you look at his path, I mean, he's had a really kind of accelerated path to the HL. Um, yeah, you know, just in a few seasons. Sure. I mean, you know, if you look back, um, he was, you know, what, 2019, 20, he was, um, in junior a, right? Like, yeah, that's a huge, massive jump for him, uh, to where he is now. And, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, obviously. And, um, but, uh, certainly when you look at what he did in college, um, you know, at a top program, um, it's encouraging, uh, but, uh, he'll get a good education there in Bakersfield, at Colin chalk. And uh, there, there's, there's no rush for him. Um, uh, but, uh, for where he, where he's been, uh, you know, really to be, to be where he is in the HL
0: only right. To even be a regular, career. really. Um,
2: yeah. I think he's come a long way.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it was great to have Shane Wright on and go over. Uh, it was, it was a really prospect filled episode. Most are, but a lot of young guys we talked about Rossi Byfield, you name it, Oilers prospects. So yeah, thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you guys next week.